All right. Here we are with another very special, before the regular season, our guest spots end. So this is why we had to come all the way out to Las Vegas to interview the man here, Derek Stevens, Mr. Circa. But more importantly, you're basically the face of sports gambling now. I mean, oh, gosh. well, look, I don't know about all that. But well, I appreciate that. Well, look, I, I'm in San Diego. I see <laughs> a lot of you and I see a lot of Circa. So uh, thank you for taking the time. And we've actually found a quiet spot here a little bit, a little uh, sports book action here. So first question is, how do you go from auto parts manufacturer to the face of sports gambling? What, to, how does that work? I'm very curious. Well, I mean, the, the, the reality is, is uh, uh, you know, my brother and I, we wanted to uh, diversify a little bit. So back in um, um, early 2000s, we were looking for different locations and we, uh, we really liked Las Vegas uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, we wanted to go to a state with no income tax. Um, uh, so we kind of looked at Texas, Florida, Nevada. Not California. No, it's kind of like the opposite. <laughs> yeah. opposite just because we were focusing on tax. I was moving yeah, I just joking, Florida, yeah. but of course I love California. I just yeah. don't like the taxes. Yeah. Um, um, you know, Florida was probably a little bit uh, too humid. Texas, I thought, was um, um, a location where I didn't have any roots in there. Plus, I don't know a damn thing about oil or gas. And I'd been coming out to Vegas for both business and pleasure for quite a while. I love math. And I thought, okay, this is where we're going to move our investment portfolio. Uh, that lasted for about two weeks. And then uh, I thought, you know, that's not really um, – it's just not really me not being an operator. I'm an operator. I, I like being around people. I like growing businesses. I like developing teams. And uh, and that's how we got into uh, the casino business. We bought the Golden Gate right next door. Well, I could say that whenever I've been in Circa, like, 50% of the time I see you here and uh, saying hello to people and operating. So you're a man of your word there and, and meeting through other friends. Like through all of Vegas, it's probably half a degree of separation for Derek <laughs> Stevens, right? So so have you always been a gambler uh, or well, in sports and other things? Or yeah, what? I mean, I've always I've always loved sports. Uh, like I said, you love sports, you love math, and you love competition. Um, the probability of you making a wager on the game is pretty high, right? And, uh, and, you know, I started coming out here early. Um, you know, I would say, I don't have to say this. I have to say this appropriately so nobody gets in trouble, including myself. I started coming out here in the 1980s. Okay. And um, I started hanging out at some places like the old Little Caesars and then Riviera Stardust. And I uh, kind of chased those little 10 cent lines all over the place. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always loved, uh, I've always loved making a wager on sports. Um, but then I went to school, and then uh, and then I started working in uh, in an auto parts or auto uh, parts manufacturing company, and started making some money. And um, well, after about a decade and a half of doing that, I wanted to diversify a little bit. So that's how we decided to make an investment out in Las Vegas. Well, you know, first of all, anyone look, I'm in California, so I follow the rules. I don't bet on sports at all. But uh, the parlays, I'm doing some now because. My son, who's 10, always wants to watch the Padres. It's just so much more fun when you have a little bit to to have interest in the game. And yeah. so for gambling, though, this whole thing is a was it you could say you're ultimately your biggest gamble perhaps wasn't on any sports, whatever was just this whole concept, like a billion dollars of financing and all that stuff, yeah. right? I mean, or were you or did you look at that as not a gamble at all? It was well, I, I've always thought. 
I've always thought that sports was an underserved market um, nationally and as well as as well as really in Las Vegas. Um, and I felt that Las Vegas as a community could handle um, a major league uh, professional well, sports team for a long yeah. time. I mean, I had six years where I got to own the AAA team, you know, not not a big league team, but the minor league team. And uh, I mean, I was very convinced from from 2007 onward that Vegas was ready. Um, one of the reasons I thought was because so many people love to watch, you know, their team on the road, and they're all going to come to Vegas versus you know a lot of other minor minor league towns. And uh, so I thought Vegas could handle a major league team. I also thought that that sports was. Um, such an incredible, um, incredible form of entertainment where we all are consuming our entertainment differently. Um, you know, think back like 60 years ago, you know, there was no television, you're playing cards at home and things like that. Then time goes by and TV kind of comes into it, but very limited, didn't really change dynamics that much. And then cable TV got invented and then it's going to jump to satellite. Now we've got our smartphones and, and, and this unbelievable information age we're in and and i think that the way people now consume their entertainment is different and and, and this happens simultaneous with the with the development of on-demand tv for pre-programmed shows i mean all movies and television shows things have changed i mean we're going to watch you know a show on netflix but we're going to watch it on our time yes you know i don't know anybody that ever gonna say i'm going to watch the super bowl on tuesday you know, yeah. it's not going to happen. Right. That's the only, right. Yeah. You're going to do it right then. I mean, it's 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 the most live watched element. I've always thought that when I was designing Circa, and this goes back to like 2015, why we wanted to get into the sports uh, booking business and things like that. I always thought that live events was really what's going to what's going to um, really um, kind of take over. You know, when with with the development of Netflix, it was really it became more stark to me and i love netflix but it became more stark to me that boy advertising rates are going to go way up on sporting events and advertising rates on other are going to go down of course and and now it seems like well of course i mean yeah we have 20 20 hindsight but but i mean at, at some point you know there are people are scratching their head i was i always thought that sports was um an element of entertainment that people love to watch together um they love to watch it live and, and I thought, you know, back in my day when I first started coming to Las Vegas, back when it was the Las Vegas Hilton and the Caesar Sports were, were the two big ones, I always thought the um, the element of bringing that back, that sports doesn't just have to be an, an amenity inside of, a, inside of a big hotel resort. It could be a focal point because I think there's enough people that really enjoyed it. And, you know, I didn't use a lot of uh, um, groups to kind of test it. I kind of just developed something like, I know my – Myself and my buddies, we would stay here. That, that's kind of how we develop something. That's perfect. Well, you make a great point because no one watches. The only live TV people watch nowadays is reality TV, which is like whether, like my friend started the Bachelor franchise. The Bachelor, that's reality TV. News, local news, that's reality TV. Sports is reality TV. Whether you get a rose or a 300-pound right. guy moving a funny-shaped leather object across the white line, it's reality TV. And the other part of it, I think, with the gaming part is it's personalization. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a former San Diego Chargers team position, when I started with them as a head team position, the NFL was the biggest sport. But the time I finished, I think it was bigger than all the sports combined. And here's what I say it was. Early on, everyone would ask me, how's LT? We have to beat the Raiders, okay, because the Chargers, Raiders. Mm -hmm. And it morphed by the time I was finishing to 
how's Gates' toe? He's on my fantasy team. Right. And nowadays, whether it's Thursday night football, Monday night football, no one pays attention. People used to ask me, what time do the Chargers play this week? Are they on the road and it's a 10 a.m. game local time or is it 1? Now you just turn on the TV in San Diego at 10 a.m. Now you just watch Sunday Night Football because there's a fantasy team, fantasy guy that's on your team or against you, or you have a wager right. or a parlay on it. And it's the personalization that makes sports so so good, I think. And you were ahead of your time uh, on all of that. Well, I think, I think you know, when, when, when someone puts a wager in a game, it gives them a little bit more uh, interest. It gets a little extra juice of, juice of the game. If someone has, although this is not considered gambling, uh-huh. If someone has the running back on a specific team or they're in a fantasy league, they have a little more interest in the game. Sure, it's personalization. And, and that's skin a personal the game. Exactly. You got the skin in the game. And I think they blend blend up gambling. And then also the the um how fantasy football has just exploded over the last 20 years has really made NFL really just the perfect, the perfect sport, this perfect and, league. And, and to, males and females even yeah. at bars and everyone does it. Yeah. But the other thing that I would say is the personally is look, golfing. That three-foot putt looks a lot longer if you have $5 on it, right? <laughs> it's for pride or whatever. It's It becomes – and so that, that adds to the personalization and excitement of it uh, for sure. So I love your sports book. Appreciate uh, that. Jeff Benson's been great. We've had him on the podcast before. He's, like, helped out and whatever. And I love Stadium Swim. Both great. What's your favorite? Oh, you can't you can't ask that. It, it's to your I, kids. Yeah, it's to your kids. Yeah, yeah, I would tell you. Um, I for me also remember I got Bar Canada over at oh, the sure. Dave. Yeah. We got a lot of options. So I would tell you it depends upon the situation. Um, but I've got a large group and um, the weather is great and there might be about ten football games I want to watch and uh, we want to get after it starting early at about nine a.m. Well, I, I might I might prefer Stadium Swim um, if. Uh, if there there's an element of a certain intensity coming up where I want to do uh, maybe a doubleheader at night inside the sports book where the where it's always 72 degrees and and, and all that might be over there. So it kind of, it kind of depends. I mean, I love uh, I love all the different all the well, love all the I love and I love Bar Canada over at over at the D. So I mean, it, the, the answer is I can't answer because I like them all. Well, look, I haven't been over to Bar Canada, but the sports book here is great. Obviously, the first class, but Stadium Swim is a brilliant concept. Like I, first time I was like, oh my gosh, this is like everything you would want in in Vegas. You we put a hundred forty three foot screen out there. We jointly designed that with Dactronics. Dactronics is the company that does a lot of the big screens and arenas and uh-huh. football stadiums around the country. And we designed it specifically for Stadium Swim with the sunlight coming up in the east, how it curves around. We designed it with each one of the pixels with a little eyebrow all over it. So it was a pretty pretty innovative design. And it has to work with both direct sunlight and 120 degree ambient temperature. Exactly, and stay like, that bright. Everyone's had a yeah. TV in their backyard or a projection. It doesn't work. No glare. Well. No glare. It works. That, that, that really works. Uh, that really works very well. So, so in a very short period of time, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. You could argue before Circa that Westgate had the, you know, it was the Westgate contest. But now it's the Circa contest. How did you like so quickly able to? To make it that, I mean, just innovation, I guess. You have so many different contests and giveaways and promotions. And- yeah, you know, I mean, I've always I played a lot. Of, I played football contests for a long, long time. For my gosh, probably fifteen or eighteen years or so. And uh, you know, I think the Westgate contest was great. I think, I mean, I played in contests at Caesars. I played in contests at Stations and in William Hill. Um, you know, when we started up Circus Sports, 
in, in 2018. I always wanted to get in the football contest. Because, um, listen, I think one thing that we did that um, hadn't been done before was we, we decided to start a contest and we put a guarantee of a million dollars. Now, the reason we did that was because we, we, you know, I viewed our company as a new company, you know, kind of an upstart company. Who the hell would know what Circus Sports is? How do you gain, how do you have any credibility? So we thought, okay, we'll, we'll guarantee a million dollars and I hope we get half a million dollars worth of signups, you know, and if we, if we <laughs> sure. blow half a million, you know, then we're, we mark it up as uh, some marketing expense. But, but then what happened was we filled that first year and then uh, we bumped it to like a million and a half. Then it was 3 million. We just kept filling. So we just kept pushing it. So I think, um, I think what happened was in retrospect, and now I'm starting to finally even, even comprehend this a little bit better. By putting the guarantee out, it, it attracted enough people that understood the positive EV that was out there that it kind of forced it, <clears throat> forced it to the number. Um, so we haven't hit it every year. Sometimes I've gotten, a, I've gotten a little overzealous, but, uh, but, uh, but, but that's kind of what happened. It was just simple, simply the fact that we felt that we were the new upstart company and we had to provide What, what do you have it at this year? What's your, well, now we're at 14 million this that's year. That's what I thought. So, I yeah. was, I, yeah. There was an extra zero there now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that, that is uh that is pretty cool. Are you partial to football, baseball, basketball, any sports? Or are you just I uh my my favorite sport as a fan, um, as you know, a parent, all, all that stuff, um, is definitely uh, baseball. I grew up in a baseball kind of household, so I love baseball. Um, so I'll always have that probably as my number one. But boy, oh boy, do I love football. Um, I think football is so spectacular. Um, from a television perspective, it's spectacular from a, a betting perspective. Um, and then, um, you know, I did grow up in Detroit, so Detroit is known as hockey town. So yeah. I got to grow up with a whole lot of Stanley Cups there. Then I didn't see hockey for about 10 years. And then all of a sudden the Golden Knights, Knights come in. Yeah, absolutely. And now uh, we've got a pretty good relationship with the Golden Knights. And that's kind of. Yeah, I brought out. my son the first year. And then you guys were in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I brought yeah. him to a game. And, okay. And the whole deal. So one of the big things that we do is we're the only ones that do injury analysis as opposed to injury reporting. So a, a coach may say this. But we say, no, no, the video this. But our biggest power is in game when there's nothing to be said. Right. So in-game wagering and, and so forth. How big is Circa into in-game stuff? Because we look at it as injuries in-game. If you yeah. know if Patrick Mahomes is coming yeah. back or not, that could be the edge that you need. And in-game is, look, in Europe, is huge, right? It's, it's, it's bigger than the, yeah, than the money huge. in the beginning. Uh, you know, American sports are a little bit different than the European sports with, with more like the continuous clock like you get in soccer. But, but in-game in -game is huge. I would say in, in many games, we're going to see more games uh, – after the game starts, it might be more wagers after the game starts than before it kicks or tips off. Um, and, and yeah, there's no algorithm out there right now that tells you, well, Baker Mayfield, is he hobbling off? Um, just all he needs is a change of possessions and he'll be fine in, in five minutes or not. Is Patrick Mahomes hobbling off, but he's going to be okay. Is Patrick Mahomes when he goes in the, in the locker room at halftime, What's the assessment at halftime? Is he going to come back and have full mobility or not? Are they going to have to change their game, their, their, their game plan? So what you do is awesome. It's the next level. I love it. Well, I know, I, having talked to you guys, I know they follow along oh, yeah. <laughs> to figure out to make sure they're, that they're on top of the information that's out there. But, but, you know, when we're in the risk room and you have an injury like this, um, you know, often, often you might have, you know, um, an issue of uh, left ankle of a left tackle. 
obviously a quarterback, a quarterback's ankle or a quarterback's shoulder. Um, you know, there are there are not there are no algorithms to make an assessment. Okay, that's worth two pennies. That's worth a penny. That's where this is where you have the element of of science, uh-huh. medicine. You've got you've got um, math, but then you have to have a little sense of the game to understand. Like, okay, what's the alternative? Okay, if you get a really good running game. You could dominate on the running side. Maybe you can offset a little bit of an injury. It doesn't have that big of an impact. Whereas the same exact injury for somebody else could be devastating to a certain team, depending upon what their what their uh, game plan is. So what we do is, you know, with the field views and so forth, is let's say the left tackle's out. You can have the backup. You can put the tight end there. You can put the running back on that side. You can direct the, the protection that way. But what we then do is, okay, if the right tackle is now out, or the right tackle has to move to left tackle and the right guard moves to right tackle. Now 60% of your offensive line has not worked together. So we go a lot by cluster injuries when it talks about linemen or certain position groups. But even in fantasy, instead of deciding to do two running backs, look at the health of your offensive line or look at the health of the front seven on the opposing team. And that's kind of what we do to try and give people some fun and an edge. Look, I thank you for taking this time. I, I could talk a lot longer. I see your assistant going, uh, we got to go. You got lots of other meetings. I really appreciate it. And I, I wanted to have you on because honestly, what I said is true that from nowhere, like you're like the guy that everybody sees. And I like meeting interesting and talking to interesting people. And you, even though you're not really injury based, what you've done here, it fits with what we do and want to uh, uh, give you a shout out a great deal and check out Stadium swim, you can't miss it. I'm telling you that the <laughs> sports book's awesome, but stadium swim is, is very I appreciate special. it. So, so one out of one doctors gives us gives us the approval. I love it. One out of one former NFL team doctor. <laughs> all right. right, all right, all right, Doc, thank, thank you very you. much. Thank appreciate, you, it. appreciate you. All right, we'll be back for a second part. We'll do it from here on the Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc Podcast. All right, thanks, Derek Stevens, good host here, and uh, welcome back to part two of the Pro Football Doc Sports Central podcast. I'm behind the counter, Jacob. Do you need any tickets? Can I, you know, not really. Yeah, it's, it's a fair area. It's not in the main sports book. It's upstairs. It's it's quieter here. But uh, if you want me to place any wagers for you, I'll do it right here. Yeah, now's the time to get those futures in. But uh, Futures I, I mean, in or, Taylor. Or, or those uh, – those uh, free parlays or whatever. <laughs> uh, Taylor, Taylor bets enough for the both of us, maybe even the three of us. So yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that stuff well, to when, him. When Taylor joins us, we might have to slow clap him, right? Or something Yeah, for being late. Uh, all right, let's roll on with part two. Uh, as we head into the regular season, that's the next set of games here, all regular season games. I know we got the field views going and we got a lot of fun things going on. I will make one little promo. Derek Stevens is killing us, right? So million-dollar guarantee. Well, we have a free contest coming up every week with a guaranteed winner of $1,000. But it's free to enter, so, you know, you can't – I'm sure you'll put out more information about that. A few, yeah, di- well, di- few zeros different than what Derek Stevens has. But free is free. His contest costs money to join. Well, maybe maybe it goes together because free thousand dollar free our contest is free. You can win a thousand dollars, then you can use that thousand dollars to enter circa. There you go, there you go. I, there isn't you that go. the isn't that the entry fee? I think. Uh, it, it might have gone I up. Don't, I don't know. I have not entered it. Although some people have told me you should because uh, I went by the old Westgate contest when I started, and circa's really come up. But well, 
at the 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 five weekly picks was modeled after the original est Westgate contest. And I've always done pretty well. I've been in the top 20 going into December. And then December slid a little bit where you know we've never like I haven't entered that contest, but like paralleling our results with similar lines against the others. We've been in the top 20 a couple years in a row, falling back a little bit in December. Um, would have cash though. And and there's Taylor, a slow clap. <laughs> Here in Vegas, so you had to hop on. The I, almost, I almost interrupted you too. I don't even I looked at the live thing and I was like, oh, I guess I should have talked for a second. But you so. missed it. I, I placed about <laughs> seven three wagers behind the desk here for No, you didn't. No way. <laughs> yeah, so we're done now. I'm done. Security already came, so I can't do any more. I sent you a nice email before, so I think I helped a little. All right. All good. <laughs> so, um, Taylor's been blowing up our Slack. Uh, it's a roster cut day, so a lot of interesting movement around the NFL, PUP list, IR, stuff like that. Uh, where I want to start, though, is Jonathan Taylor. I think he's he's the talk of fantasy today. Is that ankle real, all that stuff? So let, let's lay it out for you, Doc. Ankle surgery, Jan and, uh, the offseason, I think they said late January is when it went down. Clean out, uh, debridement of some sort. That's That's where my <laughs> medical knowledge ends. But is that ankle really still a big deal? Look, we do not believe the ankle is a big deal. So why is he going on PUP? First of all, think about this. I actually just had a conversation. I, I won't name drop. With an agent that I think everyone would know, what's up with that? And he had his own take. Usually, you know, right, there's something behind the scenes. They already knew what, what's going to happen here. My point is this, and this is what I asked him. How do you trade a player who's injured? You can't. Mm -hmm. Even if you reached agreement on a trade, as soon as he takes a physical, the trade is voided or the compensation changes. I mean, we've seen that in baseball. We've seen that in football. We've seen that in other sports. So I don't understand how Jonathan Taylor could have been on the trading block if he weren't injured. Now, do I think the Colts are lying? No, I'm not calling out Chris Ballard. I'm not calling out Shane Steichen. Does he have something with his ankle where it's sore, where they're choosing him to put on PUP and it's legal? Yes. But our sixth score on Jonathan Taylor has been high. What's happening, I believe, is it's still a standoff. It's not about the ankle. It's about everything else. He's made it clear he don't want to play. So here's the way to not put him on the 53 and eat up a roster spot. Right. Is my guess. Look, if his ankle were really hurt where he couldn't play, how are they shopping a trade? It makes no sense, right? And by timing with the ankle debridement, I think his ankle's okay. So if he is made happy contractually or is traded, I think he'll start off healthy. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying the Colts are lying. I'm just saying he's healthy enough, I believe, to play if he was happy with his contractual situation. And since he isn't really wanting to play without the contract, the Colts say, here's the, the PUP, right? And because if he has a plausible injury, you can't just find him and say you're not reporting, right? He has a plausible injury, but it's about motivation. I think that's what J.C. Treader was talking about in terms of holdings, right, in some ways, shape or form. But that's my thought. It's not about the ankle. It's about the contract. Yeah, since I know there's the NFI 
mystery back injury that was kind of two weeks ago in the middle of training camp that seems to have fizzled out and now it's all ankle so maybe that was well i mean I don't, I don't, what was that about NFI him on, on ankle he's sorry nfi him on back they can't nfi <laughs> football him on ankle on ankle you know and, right and and if there's if it's plausible you side with the player or patient in terms of medicine if it's plausible and it's plausible that it's his ankle and I don't think he's lying. He could say, look, my ankle's not 100%. But, boy, if I had enough zeros in my contract or a guaranteed deal or multi-year deal, I would do X, Y, and Z. Otherwise, I'm not going to risk it. That's the fine line that I think can happen, that is happening here, that J.C. Treader, I think, got a little unfair grief, like you're asking people to fake injuries. No, no, no. He's not saying fake an injury. Right. Almost everyone has an injury. Just cite the injury and say, "Look, I want to." You know, put, we've always you always heard me say, "85 percent is a good day for an NFL player," but 85 percent might not be a good enough day to play if you don't have your contractual situation the way that you want it, depending on the situation. Well, we'll get to some other uh, big fantasy names and uh, injuries like Von Miller and stuff, but I kind of want to ask you about a weird one that came up this week: Is Ryan Jensen? Missed all last season. Remember that training camp injury? We had the distance view from the the sideline fan. Uh, a lot of stuff happened in between. Then we'll, we won't go too into the medical, but he said that flip unflipped on its own. He had a flip meniscus that unflipped on its own without surgery, and then now it's coming out. He could have had reconstructive surgery, but he opted for basically stem cell. Jacob, let me uh, understand that right? for a second. Yeah, let me get it from the Tampa Bay Times. So yeah. he had five doctors that recommended reconstructive surgery, but he went a different route. That it went stem cells cultivated from umbilical cords, donated from mothers who had cesarean sections. So that we do need to go a little medical for Doc with that, I believe. Well, first of all, <clears throat> okay. Um, what that means is uh, okay. How should I? <laughs> I think that's the way. That's what everyone's thinking about it. But we, okay. you can actually answer this. So <laughs> yes, yeah, it was interesting to read. I, I know you can answer. I actually know the backstory completely right uh from someone who knows the whole story the situation right. yes yeah yeah so i have to stay away from what i was told because remember we do injury analysis not reporting we're not trying right. to break news. we're not trying to break anything on site sources yeah. in this stuff. Yeah. so i will answer the question in this way I've always said, if something doesn't make sense from the outside, it's because we on the outside don't know the whole story. There's no question what you bring up, Taylor, brings up lots of question marks. Look, mm -hmm. we said when it first happened on that distance video, ACL, MCL, think his season is done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And now it says ACL, MCL, and PCL, and the flip meniscus. And he right. didn't have surgery. We said he would need surgery, we thought, from the outside. When he came back and played in the playoffs, we said there's no way he can – we didn't think he'd be able to play, but certainly not effective. Now, to his credit, he played, and he played all 81 snaps for Tom Brady's last game. Right. And obviously they have a close relationship, but he didn't play very well. How could he? Right. Right? <laughs> and now you have him talking about all these ligaments and things. In general, first of all, on the stem cells, 
from the cord blood, umbilical cord from other people. What that means is if he had that, it was either done illegally in the United States or he left the country to get it done. Okay. And it's a free country. It's a free world. It's not illegal right. to leave the country to get it done. But that right. is not technology that is FDA approved. I, as a practicing U.S. surgeon, can do. Mm-hmm. Does it work? Does it not work? That's a different question. Stem cells are still a little bit cutting edge. Remember Ryan Tannehill and his stem cells? Yep. Injections for his ACL? Very soon after he was back, he, his knee gave out again and needed full reconstructive surgery when he was with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. As a surgeon, maybe I'm biased. I think there is a role for biology, biologics, PRP, uh, uh, different medications, stem cells. But the only ones that are legal in the U.S. are your own cells being reinjected. The umbilical okay. cord stuff of live cells is not legal in the U.S. So that's clearing up a point. Uh, mm-hmm. Do I know that it works or doesn't work? From what I've seen, I don't know that I'm telling my patients to go overseas to get it. Mm-hmm. But that's also because as a U.S. physician, I cannot be as knowledgeable firsthand in the usage of something that's not legal in the United States. As far as five surgeons telling you to do it a certain way, and he chose a different way, which is now his words, right? Mm-hmm. Um Look, um, if five surgeons are telling one way and one another, there seems to be a consensus. I'm sure there was a good reason for him that he chose the other way. Here's what I always say. When you're the San Francisco, okay, no one makes a dumb decision when they make the decision. Everyone takes all of the facts that they have right there and then. Now, as time goes, does it turn into a dumb decision? We've all been there sometimes. But when you're making it, it's very rare that a team or a person says, I know this is dumb, but I'm doing it anyways, right? That can happen. (laughs) Look, you know I love John Lynch, not beating up on him or Kyle Shanahan. But there's no way in the world they said, we're trading these three picks, first-rounders, and we think it's quite a gamble, and we don't think it's going to work out, but I'm just going to take a shot at Trey Lance. That's not how it went. Yeah. Whether right. they liked Trey Lance more late, whether they were always on Mac Jones, they said, look, we need a quarterback. Let's pay and get a quarterback. Nobody and then saw as Brock Purdy popping up. Yeah. What's that? Yep. No one saw Brock Purdy popping up as, as the <laughs> – riding in as the savior. So. Right, but see, here's what I would say. When they made the pick of Trey Lance, they were high-fiving each other. They, they thought they saying, made that. Oh, that was yeah. risky. They liked wow. it. That now, was a big Bob decision. They liked it, yeah. Teams will make a decision. I've been there. Teams will make a decision that makes sense in the moment, and then something happens, and it doesn't look so good in the end, right? And maybe that's what happened Ryan Jensen. I can't say it was a dumb decision when he made it. In the end, of course, revisionist history, you want to look a different direction. And, of course, now you could – Go back and say, I should have done this. Look, when you go for it on fourth down and you don't get it, 
everyone says it was a dumb decision, <laughs> right? If you go for it on fourth down and you get it, You're genius, you get yeah. all brilliant. But <laughs> right. the decision itself isn't before the snap isn't good or bad. Right. It's the outcome that made it good or bad, right? And so I'm not ready to to jump on Ryan Jensen for a bad decision. You know, kudos, he got a lot of opinions. I'm sure he and his people had a reason to make the other decision. You know, not just like Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had a reason to select Trey Lance. And to his credit, their credit, they did get Brock Purdy. They drafted him too. It balances it out. It makes but it less, yeah, yeah. Like people thought historically, the people who follow this podcast, uh, that I was hating on the Cowboys. And, you know, our guy, uh, Jalen Smith, right, who's now with the Saints. Did he make the club? I, I still have to check that. Let me check that for you. Yeah, yeah that's a good nope. question. My point is that knee injury was nasty at Notre Dame in college. And he got cut. He got cut. Yeah. Like we said, I didn't think – I don't think he can play special teams. He can't run down right. full speed and change directions. Right. And so I'm not – he was supposed to be a generational linebacker, and the injury derailed his career. I did not believe that there was any way that he would rank that he's at best a third day pick or, or potentially a free agent because of the injury. But the Cowboys picked him at the very top of the second round mm -hmm. and they kept doubling down saying he was going to be okay. He didn't play the first year, played poorly the second year, third year. He could blitz an A gap. He did all right. But he couldn't really he had a lot go of tackles. And, he had a lot of tackles that year. Yeah. yeah, but he couldn't really be in coverage. And, and he got right. in the fourth year, he got <laughs> yeah, exposed, yeah. but he got a big deal. Yep. Good on him. But the Cowboys don't have to defend that. They also draft, drafted Dak Prescott in the fourth round. If you would have told me you drafted Dak Prescott in the second round at the top and Jalen Smith in the first round, you'd say that makes sense. It's a pretty good draft. That's just the way it goes. So I'm not hating on anybody. And I am sorry Jalen Smith didn't make the Saints, but it kind of is expected, unfortunately. It's, it, the injury is what it was. And I'm the first one to say without this, he could have really, I think, been special. And I'm surprised that he even played as much as he did in the league, given how bad the injury was. The Cowboys, you think they made the decision saying, we don't think Jalen Smith is going to make it, this is a bad pick? They said, oh, we're optimistic. It's going to heal. We think it's okay. We talked to our team doctors. Doesn't make him a bad doctor. I mean, you know, it's a decision that was made and, you know, it didn't work out. Oh, well, let me give you three players. Uh, I mean, put are... it this way Do you ever place a bet that you think he's going to lose? I was going to say, the, the no, Vegas analogy is right there. It turns <laughs> yeah, into a never. bad bet the, the longer the game yeah, goes. Yeah, a lot of times it's a bad yeah. bet, a bad beat, or a for horrific sure. bet. You're on the wrong side from the beginning. But when you made it, you had your reasons. You thought it was good. I've had a couple minutes into a bet where I'm like, shoot, I'm on the wrong side immediately and you're not coming back. But yeah, you, it was good at the time. It's and then sometimes bad. it turned into a decent bet at the end. When you put your money in, it was good at the time. Oh, it was yeah. good. That's why the money's in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I will, let All me right. give you three three different players, Doc. Uh, wouldn't say any of them are surprises that they landed on Pup. Von Miller, Leo Collins, and Kyler Murray. Which one would you expect to see first this season? Remember, Leo Collins is the multi-ligament. He's the in inside leg if he's going to play right tackle. Von Miller, I believe, is the left knee, and then Kyler is the right knee. I think Kyler's last. I think 
Leal Collins is first, and Vaughn Miller is in between. Here's why. Leal Collins, I get it, multi-ligament, but his job is to play in essentially a five, three to five-yard area, right? And he's a big boy and whatever. Vaughn Miller, if he's a split second slow, now we've talked about maybe moving to the other side so it's the healthy outer leg. Right. You're not the same. Kyler Murray, if he, I'm not hating on Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray is a pocket quarterback and can see and play from the pocket, I believe he would play at the start of the season. But if you take away his run ability, his escape ability, his running ability, he's putting himself at risk. But also, he's already got the big deal, so why would you put yourself at risk? And at this point, does anyone think the Cardinals are going to go anywhere this year? Right. right. I mean, so, the first two teams have a lot more to play for, for sure. Now, the other reason, and I'm not hating on Kyler Murray with that, is if you're the Arizona Cardinals and you look at you have Kyler Murray. Do you want Kyler Murray out there if he's 85%? Or do you want season. to wait until he's 95% or 100 right? Joe Burrow, you want out there if his running ability is only 85%. Because you want right. him out there for his passing. For, yes, exactly. And we said from day one, we believe Joe Burrow is going to play week one. Is he not – and – uh is he going to be able to run? Some, but I think he will end up being told and choose not to. Not because he couldn't run on fourth and three when he had to. And maybe in fourth and three he would run. But the more change of direction and explosive he has to be running, the higher chance he has of re-aggravating that calf and suffering a setback. So the team's going to say, come on, Joe, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Right? And I think he can play well from the pocket. He's a different type of quarterback. Look. Mm -hmm. Once again, not hating on him, but I think it'd be harder for Joe Burrow to play with a high ankle like Patrick Mahomes did in the playoffs. I think it'd be harder for Kyler Murray to do that, just using those examples. But Patrick Mahomes with his off-axis throws, and we've talked about it, doesn't need to plant, stick that back foot into the ground, so to speak, to, to get the ball out. Well, you can check out uh, Sick Insights on the website. Uh, main article right now is the Fantasy Draft Toolkit. Definitely check it out before all your drafts. We have quarterback scores, wide receiver, running back, tight ends, all that good stuff, uh, along with fantasy articles to help you. I want to finish on one player, Doc. Kind of interesting decision that the Seahawks chose not to put uh, Jackson Smith Najiba on IR with his wrist. It seems like a lot of the the Twitter crowd is saying, okay, so maybe it is just a two- to three-week injury then. Maybe maybe Pollyanna Pete's right. <laughs> is it Adam, somewhere in the middle? Well, let me ask this question. Is it official that he's not on IR? I, just I believe they made the roster cuts. I'm not 100%. He's okay. made the 53-man roster, but he's not. A, okay, here's what IR this means. Okay? Right. right. And we'll see how it works out. There was no way that he was going to get put on injured reserve before he made the 53. Why? Right. Because that would mean season with no chance to come right. back. So this is where fans don't have it correct. It is meaningless that he hasn't been placed on IR yet because nobody, including us, thought this was a season-ending fracture. 
And that's what IR before making the 53 would mean. Now that he's made the 53, if he goes on IR, now it's the designated to return slot four weeks. So it remains to be seen if he will hit IR, but the IR that he will hit will be one where he can come back after four games and the Seahawks have a week five bye. So for the he won't hit IR crowd, that hasn't happened yet. He's got to right. make the 53 first, right. and then the IR designation comes, and that allows him to come back. So until we get to week one, and even then he could get put on later, then, miss, then he'd miss the fifth game of the season, right? But he literally could get put on IR Saturday slash Sunday morning before the first before, game. Yeah. It still would be just four games and come back after the bye. Right. So that's probably what they're doing. Let's just carry him on the 53. Let's see how he does. Let's see if he's getting close. If by the end of the first week he's close, look, if he gets lucky, maybe he can play with the brace. I think that's going to be tough. But if he gets close, then maybe they don't put him on IR because they're thinking he's close. But if he's not close, you still can pull that trigger, get the roster spot, Etc. That's why the tale is still untold on JSN. Well, it's even Pollyanna Pete said it's such an elaborate surgery for such a small crack. So that he's not even being completely <laughs> optimistic with you know he's usually. I know you'd love to hear he's that. He's doing quote. it his way, but that. yeah, I do not love to hate on on Pete Carroll. I, I'm from Southern California. I like Pete Carroll at USC. I like Pete Carroll. I'm amused by his Pollyanna glass, always three quarters full approach. I'm amused by it. That's okay. I mean, would you rather have a coach be that or be lying to the public? I mean, I'm amused by it. Yeah. And uh, look, a small crack is like saying slightly broken is like saying slightly pregnant. Okay. I mean, the bottom line is the bone's broken and it needed surgery. And it's the scapegoat bone, which is tough to heal because of blood supply. And the splint that he will need will include the thumb. That makes it very – even if he's not yeah. hurting, it makes That's it hard to, to catch, catch the ball. Okay, yeah. one-handed. Right. Not a, uh, and you're not blocking too, right? Uh, you're going to be out there and not block at all? Well, you know, it depends on how they wrap it. But, yeah, you're right. Blocking is part of the game too, of course, for a wide receiver. So yeah. we'll see. But to say, oh, see, he's going to play. It's not a bad deal because they didn't put on injured reserve. Not accurate. Don't under people who say that are not understanding what the NFL system is. No, it's a key, especially for heading into fantasy drafts, drafting him. If you're thinking he's playing week two versus oh, he might sit till week six. That's that's a big difference in your fantasy. Well, that's draft, why so. for we've lowered his number, right? I mean, yeah, we're not so sure he's going to be there. Same with Terry McLaurin. Same with a few other people, right? In terms of what's happening, so they're they're probably your week five. There. Their yeah. bye week is week five as well. So right. He just so he'll play the fifth game. Yeah. 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 Well, I think uh, Beast of the Week got to be DeMar Hamlin. I mean, it's great kind of – even we've kind of moved on from from the DeMar Hamlin coverage and, and making sure every every step of the way that he's hitting all the boxes. But just great to see him return to football. And hopefully, hopefully in a good way, this story will die down that it's not as incredible that – I mean, it's obviously incredible that he came back and is playing active football and made the 53-man roster. But – Hopefully, I'm sure he wants to kind of put it behind him, too. I have one agent call me this week. Once again, won't say the name and say, 
do you have any worry that there's going to be a lot of canceled games? Because he said, DeMar Hamlin, you know, they canceled that game. And now there were a couple of preseason games that were canceled. Twice. Off on a spine board. And my answer to him was no. The DeMar Hamlin one was so out there. No one has seen someone do CPR on a teammate. Everyone has seen that cervical collar and spine board, and you get the thumbs up before they leave, and then you continue to play. So why in these preseason games were they canceled? Well, maybe because, A, they saw a precedent of it being canceled with DeMar Hamlin, but you got to remember it was also the preseason. Right? I mean, yeah. missed the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, cancel the game. Yeah. Yes, yes. I do not see players advocating for that come the regular season. I don't see it. I don't see it as a problem. But back to what you say, uh, hopefully, you know, DeMar Hamlin gets back to his starting position. I think he's right now in the depth charts, the backup. But that's probably the last tail end of the story. And good for him. And uh, he's doing all this good hard work as well now with AEDs. Our, our Little League field or Pony field has a couple extra AEDs as a result of the awareness of DeMar Hamlin. And remember, he's a good special team player, too. He's a good yeah, special team player. Com- yeah, so he'll be on the field. Yeah. And why Little League? Because Commotio Cordis, you know, the ball or the puck or projectile hitting the chest. Very unlucky circumstance, but boy, it seems like a happy ending. So I agree with you. Beast of the week, beast of the year, whatever to, uh, Jamar Hamlin, and uh, kudos to him and all the good stuff that he's doing. All right, so uh, the regular season flowing here. That was a good guest here, Derek Stevens, and uh, look for a lot of new features at Sports Injury Central. The $3,000 weekly contest, nothing to enter, sick data, field views, sick insights. I'm telling you, you're going to want to bookmark that uh, before you get ready to go. And um, thanks for watching, and uh, We'll see you soon.